romantic truth where you think Don't forget that you can stream and listen to both the Romantic Truth podcast and Jossan's music on Apple, Amazon, Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on other platforms. Gracias por escuchar La Verdad Romántica en Las Vegas con House and su anfitrión. Advisory. The content of this show is designed for listeners ages 18 and older due to the adult nature of topics and conversation. Welcome listeners to the Romantic Truth podcast from Las Vegas. I'm M. Hollister-Graves from the United Kingdom, and please allow me to introduce your host, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jowson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Bernie writes the following. I don't know about my sister. She's a very attractive girl, college educated, getting ready to go to law school. And now she dumped her boyfriend to be with a bum. I can't stand it. I went over to visit her yesterday. This guy's playing video games and watching TV. My sister busts her ass. She works a job, she's going to school, and she's literally putting money in his pocket, clothes on his back, food in his stomach. I've talked to her about this. She told me to stay out of her business. And so now we are definitely not speaking to each other. Could you please talk about this subject? I would appreciate it. Well, sir, guess what? The combination of your email, and I see you're in Seattle, Washington, and the gentleman's message that he left address this. I've addressed it before, but we're going to go in a lot more detail than we did in the past. So bear with me. Now, some of you folks wonder why a woman that has really been accomplished would go for a guy that is an ancient guy. That is not doing anything for himself. What's the attraction? What's the motivation? Is it love? Is it his dick? What is it? Well, it may be a combination of all of those, but let me tell you something. What's the main reason? It's her low self-esteem. That's what it is in a nutshell. Now, what I want you to do as we go through this. I'm going to show you some of the things that will benefit her versus what will benefit him. And you'll have an idea of what I'm talking about. So, addressing the low self-esteem issue, who's that benefiting the most? That's benefiting her. Now, this woman could get any person, any male in her peer group. That means a guy that has a job, has a career, has everything she has or more. But she chose not to go that way. Now, what are some of the reasons? It could be that she pursued a guy like that in her peer group, and he broke her heart. He cheated on her. It could be that he was not ready for marriage. It could be a lot of things. But whatever it is, she's disenfranchised by people in her peer group for some reason. And these are the guys that are saying, 
why the fuck would she choose him? Because after all, she's got all these choices in men, and she chose this guy. And a lot of guys will credit it to, oh, she must be in love with him, and you know, doesn't see through the fog to see him. Or it's a situation where she's saying, oh, he must be sexing her up real good. And her girlfriends are probably thinking the same thing. Why would she be with such a loser? Well, let's go over some of the things. Now, don't forget, low self-esteem is a benefit to her. That's one. The second one is a challenge. That's the second benefit to her. And what does that mean? That means that she's going to beat the odds. She wants to prove the naysayers wrong. But also, she wants to prove something to herself. You see, she doesn't have to compete, compete as vehemently when she's dealing with a peer as she would dealing with somebody that doesn't support her. They need somebody that's under her class, so to speak. Someone that she has a little bit more leverage over. So, low self-esteem and a challenge are the two benefits to her. The third benefit to her, physical attraction, physical attractiveness. More than likely, this guy's going to be handsome. This is going to be one of the selling points for her it comes down to her peers, girlfriends, and so forth. So, even though he doesn't have the status, he is handsome. So that's the third benefit to her. Now, the first benefit to him is that he may use his charisma. The charisma is to kind of qualify his existence with her. Even though he doesn't have anything, he's charismatic. And she finds that engaging. The next thing that's going to be a benefit to him, number two for him, is going to be the entertainment value associated with her. He makes her laugh. He's keeping her away from some of the things that she would normally concern herself with, herself with boredom, that kind of thing. So this is one of the things that helps her deflect from reality. So right now, she has three advantages to his two. The next advantage, she can now lower her standards for him. Standards that people in her peer group would have to meet this guy doesn't even have to consider because she's made it an easy go for him. Now the reason why she did this deliberately is because she didn't want to get, get disappointed if she had those standards up and he didn't meet them. So to help him out on this little cheat sheet on this test, she basically baits him on the curve. Now, the other thing that we have to look at, the fifth advantage for her, control. With this, she's now allowed to exercise 
this where she probably couldn't in a peer-based relationship. So that means that with this level of control, she has more autonomy. You know, a lot of women that talk about how they are free, they like being free, they like being single, they like being alone, they like having their own control of their own thing. Well, this is what she's getting while having the benefit of a relationship as well without the accountability or obligation associated with the conventional relationship like with that of a peer. Let's go on to the next benefit she has. And that would be yielding control to a certain degree. You see, in a peer relationship, control would have to be shared. In this relationship, she can kind of give him what he, she wants him to have. So she's meeting it out to him. Kind of like when you feed your pets. You know, my dog's getting too fat. I'm just going to only cut his meal back to maybe half of what he was eating before. And empower him. The next thing. She's going to let him take control. Now, this is in his category here. She's going to allow him to take control. So he has three so far. And here's the thing with that. She's going to let him take control over incremental things in a relationship. Certain things that she can still control overall and overwrite and overrule. So, honey, um, where are we going to dinner tonight? And of course, she's giving him the dignity of manhood by telling him, you know, you decide, even though she's going to pay for it, even though she can veto where they are going to dinner, because after all, everything's in her favor. Let's go on down here. The next thing she's going to be looking at. He's going to benefit also from having a sort of relationship under leverage with very little finance, very little money. And this is an advantage for him from the standpoint that he's got somebody to take care of. Him. However, as she sees it, she doesn't mind that. That's an inconvenience for her. It's not strange. Because she's got him where she wants him. She can control the level of control he has in the relationship. She can control all other aspects. And she's going to always make him feel a little bit uncomfortable. Not necessarily where he's going to feel as though she's going to kick him out any 15 minutes or so. But where he knows that he has to be vigilant. Instead of him being like most men that would try to do better for themselves, she doesn't want that because that means that he can become independent and leave her. What she's looking for instead is for him to become more dependent by focusing more on what pertains to her. She'd be more concerned about him doing household chores than going out getting a job. 
Now, the other thing. I've lost count on this, so I hope you're keeping up. The other thing here is love bomb. It's another benefit for him. He's going to love bomb her because he doesn't have much to offer. So what he's going to do is have exaggerated emotional feelings and passion towards her. And in this way, what happens by doing this, this puts him at a point where he's trying to solidify the emotional connection. Trying to get some equity into the relationship. So that's a benefit to him more so than her. Because she can see through it. But, you know, he's going to go through and try to do what he can in order to definitely get him a stakeholder. The other thing that he's going to benefit from is that he's getting attention from her. And he's also going to turn it on his head and use that same attention on her. But he's getting attention from this woman. Something that he probably didn't get in his normal dating routine. The next thing. She's going to benefit from him being less threatening as far as potentially leaving her. Unlike a guy in a peer group who would probably be a catch for other women. She feels more secure that he's not going anywhere. Because she's going to make sure. Because there are going to be some of the comforts that's going to keep him there. He may let him use a car. Put clothes on his back. Food in his stomach. Take care of him. With him obligated to keeping the house. Keeping the pets. Those kind of things. Marginal. But see, there's another thing that's going on here. She's reversing the stereotypical dynamic of what? Gender roles. This is her control. So, in her mind, he's a house husband, even though they're not married. So he's less of a threat. She doesn't have to worry about him going out and getting a career better than she has. She doesn't have to worry about him actually being one of those guys that's exploiting women in the workplace. She got him where she wants him. Now, the other thing. You're dealing with benefit to her instead of sharing her feelings with him. She can open up to him unlike a peer. So, a peer may say, well, you know, if we're having these problems, maybe we need to go to counseling. This guy is not going to suggest that. He didn't have the money for it. So he's going to sit there and listen. Even if she does have problems or issues that are unresolved. So his suggestions to her are going to be limited. And that leads me to the next benefit to her. She has less criticism from him. Where a peer who has an equity stake in a relationship can hold her accountable for things that she grew up on. With this guy, she doesn't have to worry about accountability. And she knows that more than likely she's going to get constructive criticism 
for real uh, criticism that would actually help her and benefit her in a positive way. And many of the times that constructive criticism is more patronizing than anything else. Now, she's going to also benefit from the fact that she's going to be adored. And if you're keeping count, folks, you're seeing she's more outpacing a man that she would choose. That's why she benefits. Who's benefiting? She is absolutely. So here she's admiring the fact that she's being adored by this man, and she doesn't have to share the same compliments with him. In a peer relationship, again, it has to be 50-50. This is more of an 80-20 arrangement here, where she's getting more of the accolades, he's getting more of the work. So if you look at it, 80% of the cost for the relationship to exist is on her shoulders. 80% of the duties to keep the relationship going is on his. And then 20% goes between the parties. So if he's given 80% of the work of keeping the relationship together by complying to her demands, she only has to comply about 20%. Either she's covering 80% of the cost in the relationship, she only has to provide that 20%. It doesn't have to be through money, it could be through time. Now, the other thing. He gets the luxury of planning the future. In other words, daydream about them together, their family, how they want to be, how he wants to someday become successful, have a job, open a business, you name it. She's going to let him run with his dreams and his fantasies. But here's the thing. Being that he's going and running this, that, and the third forward, she's going to still have the benefit of fulfilling the plan. In other words, she's going to let him illustrate the fantasy. She's going to be the person to actually implement so, she may lie to him and say that, uh, you know, you don't need to use a condom. He's an IUD. She gets pregnant by him. She's going to put the plan in action. And usually it's going to be sooner than he really expects. And being that he's going to probably, more than likely with these plans, illustrate a prosperous and pleasant future between the two of them, what she's looking at is she's taking that as his promise going forward. You know, I told you ladies on one of the other podcasts about how men are slow to commit because they take their promises seriously and they make them to you. Well, he doesn't realize that he's doing this by doing this. He's just basically talking in many ways just to placate her so she doesn't get kicked out. The way she sees it is, no, you're making a commitment here. And she's not going to communicate that to him. But he's going to realize it when she starts putting things in motion. That means, she may tell him, and guess what, I'm pregnant. Oh, we're getting married next June. She's got him against the wall. Another benefit for him 
puts less effort in the relationship as far as providing, as far as really functioning and doing things. And he thinks that that's a benefit, that's actually a liability because if she sees it, she wants him to put less effort in things because she wants absolute control and ownership. He doesn't realize it, but he's falling into her trap. Status, that's a benefit to her. Now she can make him ready for prime time, have him hobnob and meet her friends. She has to control the whole time. She makes him palatable to her friends family. Those people that don't really know him that well, the dark horse, and usually these women will keep these kind of relationships under wraps. And many times the girlfriends won't even know about it. So when she brings him out, she may blow him up, say things like, oh yeah, he's this or that, in order to make him larger than life and twice as handsome. Now, and another reason why women don't like coming out like this and telling their girlfriends and so forth is because people will do their due diligence on the guy and find out he ain't shit. Even though people will know he ain't shit as far as the people that really know him. Family members, friends, and so forth. And he thinks he's got him a free ride. Now, besides the status, she also benefits in her confidence and choice. Meaning that in the past, she may have failed in relationships because she chose the wrong guy as she sees it. Well, she's going to make sure that this is the right guy because she's going to take control over the situation to make sure it's the right guy for her, even though he may not be. But from her perspective, he's going to be the right choice because she's tired of losing. She's tired of failing. She's tired of running into guys that cheated on her, lied to her used her, made her feel like a fool, and this is a way of coming back. Now, the other thing too, you're going to also deal with her, it's another benefit for her, telling all the naysayers that do know about the relationship, I told you so, I told you it was going to work. I picked a good man. I made it work. We make it work together. Ain't that right, honey? Because she has something to prove. Because she's already had a history of failure with some people. And so this is the way she will bring it forward. Now, another benefit to her is that she knows better. She knows she's got with a guy that ain't shit. But the thing is, she doesn't want anyone else to know. Because if she sees it, this is a benefit to her because now she has a way of making it through relationships and not really carrying on the burden of so many losses. It's a form of redemption. The other thing. Um, let's see here. I can't read my own writing here. <laughs> but what happens here is 
Oh, uh, she. What is this? Oh, benefit to him. Sorry about that, folks. Benefit to him is that he treads softly. Meaning that he's not going to make any waves. Things are going smoothly for him. So why fuck it up? So he's going to walk on eggshells with him. Benefit to her. In this instance, she can do an emotional dump. Things that she would have never told a peer, she will tell this guy. And she's going to vent and get it all out. Family members, friends, all those people that she really disliked, that she couldn't have vented in front of with her peer, someone who was her equal, she can do it with this person. Now, comfort is a benefit to her. Because now she feels comfortable, she's in control. Her low self-esteem and those uh, insecurities she has have now been kind of uh, put away with for a while. They've been kind of uh, quailed. So in this way, she feels as though, hey, you know what? I got it made. Because now I have control. I know how to manage a relationship. She can manage a relationship provided that it falls under these circumstances. It has to fall under these conditions. Because if she went out and tried to get a regular guy for a relationship, it would never work because she had failed in the past at it. She doesn't have the confidence to do it again. That's the reason why she goes for guys that ain't shit. Now, the other thing. There is a sense of nurturing that she benefits from. Taking care of this guy. Bringing him up from nothing. Watching him come into a man as she sees him. She's building him. And he's abiding by her rules. Now, another thing she's going to get from him, which is a benefit, undue praise. Everything she does is going to be wonderful and outstanding and grandiose, even though it's mediocre and bland. But she wants that recognition. She wants somebody to kiss her ass and admire her. Now, let me make something clear here. She doesn't have to be a drop-dead gorgeous woman. She could be fat. She could be old. She could be ugly. But the main thing is, is that she needs these things to function in a relationship. I know some of you are saying, well, hell, wouldn't that be in any conventional relationship? Here's the difference. These things have to be skewed to her favor solely for it to work. It can't be mutually beneficial. And the reason being, her self-esteem is so low that she can't measure up on the other side of the equation. And she doesn't feel as though she could. So in essence, she's kind of handicapped in this area. She benefits from vindication. She vindicates, I mean, she uh, also benefits from redemption. She redeemed herself of past bad decisions. Now she's got it. 
it comes down to the benefit of having a family, having a baby. Now, she's going to be the one to push this forward. He's just going to go along with the program. He doesn't have any say in it. She's the one with the money, the clout, and she's the one that can actually implement the relationship. Also, she would benefit from supporting him in that she can always come back and say, I feel for you. You weren't shit before I met you. That's going to keep him in line, at least to a certain point. Eventually, he'll grow legs and stand up. Hopefully. Some don't. Now, these are usually omega males that women do this to. More so than any other type of male. The omega male is like the lowest form of male, just like the omega female is. And when I say this, I don't mean them personally as a human being, because all people are equal. I mean from the standpoint of things such as ambition, uh, drive, goals. They're not there. They love to be led by others. Victory is another benefit for her. And one benefit for him is to patronize her. The longer he patronizes her, the more he does, the further he goes in the relationship. And the more stability he will eventually receive in the relationship from doing so. Now, a benefit to her is that she exempts him from a lot of scrutiny. And you would think that that would be a benefit to him, but it's actually a benefit to her. Because, see, as long as she ignores certain things about him that she would definitely discriminate against other men in her peer group with, she feels comfortable in the decision she makes. So it's to benefit her in that respect. And the other one is that she will benefit from accepting all aspects of him, all the shortcomings and the rest. And the reason why she does this is it gives her the false sense of inclusion, where she didn't have the special case of a man that she has today to make her feel as though she's an oddball. But, in essence, to qualify that he's just as good as the peers that she would normally deal with. The other thing that we have to look at is she benefits from forgiveness, forgiving herself for past indiscretions and past mistakes with other people. And the last benefit that she has, well, there are a couple more, but one of the last ones, out of the down the list, is she gets the benefit of loyalty. He's going to be more, more loyal to her than she is to him. She's going to be loyal to her insecurity, which is the genesis of the relationship, but not to him. Now, there are some things that are definite no-nos that will get him expelled from this relationship. Cheating is the first one. Now, she holds that as a benefit for her. The reason being, she can classify him like she did the other people in her peer group. The second thing would be him leaving 
that's a benefit to her in that if he does leave, she can still justify him as being one of the peers doing the same thing, even though he's not a peer, per se. And the third thing is, of course, not agreeing with her, not complying with her demands. Rebellion, in other words. So, So overall, it comes down to the person. So overall, it comes down to the person having to comply with not cheating, not leaving, and not disagreeing. To stay in a relationship with a person like this, with a woman like this. Now, here's the thing. I know the list was long, folks. But here's the thing that I'm, I'm wanting to get at. People will go to this extreme measure in order to consider themselves happy. Now, this is subconscious. A lot of people don't think about these things, but this is how many of these things actually evolve. Because the one thing that you have to realize is that as these people go through this, they're dealing with issues that really pertain to them more so than to their love or to a relationship or to any kind of other expression. They're still trying to get over something themselves. This is how people will use a relationship for therapy. That's what I'm getting at. That other person is going to be the whipping boy for everything that has gone wrong in their lives in the past. So that ain't shit guy that you think has got it made because he doesn't have to do anything, and he's dealing with this probably fine-ass woman that's got this great career, great job, great house, great everything. These are some of the things that he has to deal with. Now, the interesting thing about this whole thing and the way I came up with this concept, when I was with Monica, we went through each of these steps, and these were some of the things that she did not want to take place. She did not want me to feel as though I was in some way a trespasser. She didn't want me to feel as though she was taking care of me. She didn't want me to feel as though I was this person that didn't have a voice or say in my feelings. That's one of the reasons why I never took residence with her. Even though she's offered, I never took, I never went there to live. And I stayed within my means, on my financial means. Because even though wasn't it I wouldn't shit, it was just I didn't make the kind of money that she had. But what I'm getting at is she didn't want me to go down to that spiral of depression, thinking that life would be like the way I described it here today. Because I firsthand witnessed couples where these women who did have money got the ain't shit guy guy with the criminal record and everything else and treated him this very way. And Monica used to point it out. She said he can't disagree with her. They can't have any kind of a dispute over anything. They can't do this. They can't do that. He can't say this. He can't say that. He can't speak his mind. It was all fucked up. 
She and I didn't have that problem. We were open with each other. And the cool thing about it, her money and her wealth, her status, all of that shit, that was on the back seat somewhere. It was about us as a couple. And she used to tell me every once in a while, she said, you know, money is my curse. And I would always tell her, why is that? She would tell me, it's because that's all a lot of people see in me. You saw more in me than that. I never asked her for a dollar. That was genuine love. And it freaked me out because that was the first time I actually was genuinely in love with someone. And someone loved me back. And that shit was weird because I was used to always having that relationship where it was like a tug of war. Or it was a situation where the person was inconsiderate. So once I realized, oh, this is what a quality relationship looks like. This is how it feels. This is how you can communicate. This is how you can be considerate of each other. This is how you genuinely can love someone and they can love you. And you don't have to worry about a woman on your neck about, well, I need $100 here. I need $500 here. Well, money never came up. It was just two people, two human beings that loved each other genuinely and enjoyed each other. We had disagreements over trivial shit. And we got along because we always reminded ourselves. That's stupid what we're disputing on. She said, yeah, it, it really is. But she told me, honey, you know what? This is stupid. I'm like, yeah. She says, let's go somewhere and make love. That's what we do. But here's the thing I'm telling you overall, folks. You fellas, you have to check out the kind of woman that shows interest in you. And if she's willing to do this, that, and a third for you, and not allow you to have your own personal dignity in that relationship, you got a problem. And when I say allow, I'm not talking about she's meeting it out to you. I'm talking about she doesn't respect it. Even though when I met Monica, I only made $820 a month as a corporal in the Marine Corps, I was proud of my little 820. <laughs> Shit. Didn't realize I had to go out there in the bush and dig foxholes and issue sectors of fire and all that shit and smell like a mountain goat in the field. But see, the pride was I earned it. And that was a big thing. And she respected that even though she used to tease me about it. She'd lay out 10 $100 bills on the table. Honey, that's your salary, and she'd start laughing. 
it was okay. It was the inside joke. But here's the thing. She never, ever disrespected me or allowed my dignity to wane. Some of you men are done with these women and you can't do shit you want to do. And every time you stand up for yourself, it leads to an argument. It leads to her threatening kicking you out of the house. It leads to her taking you to child support. You name it. You can control your own life and the way you do it is by the life choices you make before you fuck up. See, you have that time before you make a choice. Think it through first. Think it all the way through. Not halfway, not the immediate benefit, not the kind of shit they try to get you to make a decision on in commercials on TV. But when you really take some time and really think things through thoroughly, we're talking outcomes, possibilities. Because after all, you got to live by the decision you make. And sometimes that's a hard thing to do. I met a lot of people along the way in my life that made spur-of-the-moment decisions when they were not under duress or not under crisis or not under pressure. And they fucked up and made the wrong decision because they were thinking short term. I had a friend of mine who had close to $75,000 in his 401k years ago. He took it out and put it in Bitcoin. Yeah. He's got pennies back on the dollar. Snap decision. I told him it was a risky investment. He's a financial advisor, told him the same thing. He didn't listen. Going for the now, going for the moment. That's how so many people I knew wound up behind bars. Think it through. There are no shortcuts in life, there are perceptions of shortcuts. I was reading about that situation in Italy with the ship that ran aground. And the lady was talking about how there was no coordination with the crew and how the people were just trying to jump on the lifeboats in order to get off the ship. And one side was listing, the right side of the ship was listing, and the left side was way up in the air. And the people on the left side of the ship thought that they were in the middle of the ocean and the ship was sinking. But only about 700 yards on the right side of the ship was land. And there were people trying to get on the lifeboats to get down to the ocean. But the problem was the lifeboats couldn't clear the side of the ship so they would bang against the side. And so all of these people, men, women, children, all just jumped in there and tried to go down. And when they went down, they would bang against the side of the boat. They thought they were gonna crash. 
and then finally they had to hoist them back up. Not really thinking about how you're going to clear the side of the boat. If it's listing to the right, why isn't all of this water rushing in and the boat is consistently sinking? Apparently, there had to be something to hold it up to keep the water levels to a certain level and not consistently go in. Only to find out that on the other side of the ship they were lowering the life rafts and people were going ashore. Sometimes you have to really think through things and see what's going on before you make decisions. Because more information is good information to make a good decision. Less information will always leave you where you don't know something. You're not going to know everything, true enough, but you'll know more so you'll be more informed on your decisions when you make them. You know, when you see all of these executives and all of these corporations making these decisions for mergers and for buyouts, trust me, they have already gone through the mechanics of where they're going to land financially. They set their expectations well in advance before they make their first move. Therefore, you have to identify and recognize some of the characteristics in people when you start looking at going into a relationship with them. When a person blindly ignores red flags that you try to bring up and tell them about yourself, they don't care, they're going for you, there's a good possibility it's not about you, it's about them. It's about what they don't want to see. It's about what they don't want to hear. Those women that tell you, oh, that's TMI, that's too much information, you need to make a footnote because that person's going to bring that shit back to you later on after they realize, what the hell am I into? Why did I get into this relationship? Why didn't you tell me this? And you told them before. What that means is that they don't pay attention to detail. In relationships, you have to. And what that also means is just like they are so half-assed on going in relationship, they're half-assed on making decisions in life. Character, behavior, situation, results, x-factor. character of the person determines the behavior of the person, determines the situation or the outcome that they're in based on their behavior, based on their choices, based on the decision they make. And what do they try to always do a lot of times is blame it on the circumstances they're faced with. Instead of thinking through some of the circumstances. Let me give you a good example of this. A friend of mine was with a woman one time. And he was telling me, man, you know, she's ideal. I really like her. She's, and I was like, cool. But he was kept bragging about her all the time. I couldn't get him to shut up about this woman. Got so bad that we didn't even want to hang out with him. We went out to the club or somewhere. No, man, you gone. You on that that tip? He was telling me how wonderful she was. So we met her. She was very pleasant, very nice, and I could see he had exaggerated claims about her. 
because she was attractive, but she wasn't like quite dead gorgeous, but in his eyes, she was beauteous and I'd behold her. Well, he had already mapped out where they were going to go in the future. Got her pregnant. Then they had complications with the birth. Baby was born. Baby needed a lot of care. Well, he didn't sign up for that. He didn't realize that that was going to be a possibility. He operated on the norm of, well, you know, everybody has a normal baby. The odds are I'm not going to have an abnormal child. Well, he did. Now, throughout their relationship, the woman told him about a condition that she had that was genetic in her family. And there was a possibility that the child may have some problems. He didn't want to hear it. It was always, oh, no, you'll be fine. I ain't worried about that. She kept informing him. She was going to the doctor about this information. He wouldn't go to the doctor with him. He was too busy working, too busy acquiring material shit for the family and not really listening to his woman. They were married. They stayed together for two years. They divorced. He divorced her. Because he didn't listen. He didn't investigate the disease. He didn't investigate the possibility. You have to do this. Life is just not going to work out for you because you prayed. You're going to have to really do some research to know what you're dealing with. That's with anything in life. You know, when someone comes down with a really bad disease like cancer, what do a lot of people do? Now, they're shocked initially by getting the news. They did do research on it. They studied it. They talked to their doctors. They tried to find out as much as they can about it. You know one of the most fucked up things in life that I had to learn with this whole dating thing? Meeting people who could tell me about something that I was experiencing and tell me exactly to the letter how it's going to wind up. And oh, you know, I was that guy that was going to try to prove them wrong. And sure as shit, they were 100% right. And that's when I started to learn over time. You know what? Maybe I should lend an ear. Some of you write in, oh, how did you get all this knowledge? It was from experience. It was from listening and observing people. It was from actually interacting with people and dealing with situations. Because it's just like opening a book when you meet a person. You don't know what the pages are going to hold. What do a lot of people like to do? Look at the title and all of a sudden they know what the book contents are. Just like some of the people that sometimes leave messages or write into this show. They talk about the title. They may talk about the episodic uh, um, um, information in there. But guess what? They don't listen to the show, so they don't know. They just got an opinion, and that's it. Those are low-information people. 
low-information people only have to be influenced by what they perceive they know. If you're going to be informed about a decision you make in life, so when you make it, you're making the right choice. Why do you think some men, when they go into a car dealership, the salesman's trying to tell them this and that. The guy's already done the research on mine. He knows exactly the engine capacity. He knows everything about that vehicle. He wants that damn vehicle, and he knows the price for it. And the salesman feels useless. The reason being, that salesman is just trying to point out the bullet points that are going to sell the vehicle. This man has done the research, and he's looked at the advantages and disadvantages of owning that vehicle. He's looked at all of the specs. So that salesman is doing nothing but adding noise. But he'll listen to him because he's listening for certain things. The selective hearing, what is he listening for? He's listening for the price. He's listening for the terms. But as far as him telling him about what he's concerned about as far as the operation of the vehicle, that salesman's not a mechanic. That salesman's not a manufacturer of the vehicle. So he takes those combined resources and then he makes his informed decision. But a lot of times we go half-assed. Even some of the people that I've heard on TikTok and different uh, platforms try to use some of the things that I talk about on this show and it falls flat. It doesn't make any sense when they say it. And you hear people in the comment sections, they, they're like, what are you talking about? What the fuck is that? they can't grasp the concept so in any case folks I hope you um, have a wonderful day and I'll chat with you on tomorrow thank you for listening we at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artist to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie Poodles and a Rat Terrier as the security detail.
Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.